Welcome to the Tell You Later Show, where you learn so little about so much, and vice versa. Thanks to all those who support us on Patreon. By the way, there's always room for more. And don't forget to like and subscribe to their channel. We haven't got a title song for this show, so we're singing this thing instead. Okay. It's really just a substitute. Nonetheless, a melody may stay in your head. Oh, I hope so. Because it's a tune. It's a tune. You'll love to croon. You'll love to croon. Ah, but there's one thing you should know. We have to confess we do not possess a title song for this show. Ain't it peculiar? Believe it or not. We haven't got a title song for this show. Oops. <laughs> Welcome to the Tell You Later Show, Candid Conversations with Katie. I have my special guest, Nick Santa Maria. Although my email says Nicholas Santa Maria. So every time I go to send you an email, it doesn't pop up because I forget that there's Nicholas. That is my proper name. Yeah. That's your proper name. Do you know what my <laughs> proper name is? What? Catherine. Catherine. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I was going to tell you that you have a double gone with the wind name. You have um, Lee, Vivian Lee. Right. And, and Scarlett's real first name was Katie. Katie Scarlett O'Hara. Oh, yes, that's true. And my father used to walk around the house like this and say, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. So he was a big fan of uh, yeah. yeah, exactly, which you are a master of impersonations, voiceovers. So let me explain to the audience why you are my special guest. OK, and thank you all patrons, everybody who supported the show up until now. We are just so thankful. Thank you. So you you have heard Will talk about Biffle and Schuster. <laughs> well, Will was S-H-O-O-Ooster. Yeah. <laughs> and now I have the B-I-F-F Biffle on That's the show. <laughs> and yes, need we say more? Yes. Need we say more? <laughs> yes, I think we need to say more, which is why oh. you're here. Because, mm-hmm. as you know, you're like best buddies with Will. You're best buddies with Will. I'm best buddies too but on different coasts now you're in the other side but before you went to the dark side you were over here in la and i call it the traffic side yes traffic side yeah and and you're the other half of biffle and schuster and whenever i would try to get will to explain things i only got like an inch into anything and all heck would break loose so I really want to hear the story of how you guys met because you really only were only friends about 15 solid years, right? 15 years. Yeah. 15 years. 15 um, solid years. Solid gold. Very solid. Solid gold is right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was <laughs> just. Okay. <laughs> okay, here's the story. In a nutshell, accent on the nut. Um, we have a mutual friend in Rusty Frank. Ah, you know Rusty, right? She is the tap dance queen of that coast. 
and swing and, dancing. I thought and swing dancing, but tapping as well. She, she yeah, I didn't know a, that. So she's a tap dance queen. She actually wrote a book called Tap, where she interviews the surviving. Well, not anymore. This was a while ago, but the surviving tap dancers uh, of the old times. You know, before they passed away, she got to interview them. And, well, that's uh, so interesting. I wonder. Book. I wonder if in that book is. I don't know if you read Margaret Carey's biography, Tinkerbell. No, I met her. Big fat book. But it was very Mm -hmm. interesting because she was a child star. Mm -hmm. And her parents took her to some tap people in L.A. And they were, you know, uh, African-American somewhere in L.A. where just like behind the alley, they'd go and teach them how to do tap dancing. It was really fascinating. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. About the African-Americans, you know, they had their their own Beverly Hills, the the people who were in movies in those days. Mm-hmm. It was uh, the Central Avenue uh, uh, neighborhood. And the king and queen were uh, Eddie Rochester Anderson had a big mansion that he actually copied Jack Benny's house from Beverly Hills. It's the exact same house. Oh, my God. Uh, and you can rent it now, by the way. You could take a vacation there if you want and rent it for the week, two weeks. Oh, I don't know. There's so see, you know a lot of stuff. Um, I don't want to get too far off. I know we're I know I'm gonna do the same thing I always do, so help me not do that. Okay. Because there's a lot of, I might have to do two or three days of talking to you. I don't know. <laughs> but okay, so Rusty Frank, I did meet her because Will took me, asked me if I want to do swing dancing lessons with him when mm-hmm. he first started, and she was not too far from here. Mm-hmm. So I went twice, I think. And I was like, mm, <laughs> I am not really very good at this. And I didn't want to be a bad partner. So anyway, uh, so that, yes, I did meet her. So Rusty and I met at the Old Town Music Hall in El Segundo. And uh, Janet Klein was appearing. I had never seen her before. And uh, I went on my own. Uh, I was living alone at the time. And uh, Rusty just started talking to me. And uh, I was online to say hello to Janet and tell her how much I enjoyed it. And Rusty just totally pumped me for information. Who are you? Blah, blah, blah. She realized that we spoke the same language. We loved the same old you know, movies and stuff like that. And um, she eventually said to me, I have someone you have to meet. You two would get to, it would be so great if you two could meet. Now, I left this out of the tribute I had written for Will, but uh, she followed up with, as long as you don't mind the name dropping. <laughs> that's what she said. He's very clumsy with names. <laughs> Dropping well, names. That's what I was telling somebody who I talked to somebody before I, I got on here with you and he mm-hmm. had started watching Tell You Later. I said, you know, Will would say things and I wanted to know more, but I would never because sometimes you wouldn't even even if you asked him about it, you wouldn't find out more. Like I kept, I kept thinking, maybe, you know, the answer to this. Why was he having lunch weekly with Milton Berle? How the heck did that happen? So if you can answer that question, you get a bonus prize. Okay. <laughs> no, uh, Will um, would go to the Friars Club as a guest. And of course, guest Burl, of who? I'm not sure. I'm not sure who it was. It might have been. Uh, I forget. There were two. It was June Will and somebody belong? else. Do you think June, Do you think June Foray or Paul Winchell belong to the Friars Club? Mm-hmm. No, no, I, I no. Comedians mainly, right? I'm sorry? Was it comedians mainly? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't exist anymore. But back then they were trying to make it like the New York Friars Club, which was wall to wall comedians, but also businessmen. You know, uh, it was a very upper, upper, upscale kind of place. Uh, And the New York one is still there. I I go occasionally when I'm in New York, but the L.A. So Burl was was uh, always there. And sometimes he was sitting at his table alone. So, you know, Will. Will approached him, and and uh, he was uh, he was happy for an audience, and they sat down, and that was it. He, he became buddies with Burl. <laughs> Let me just highlight. More of the show is coming up right after this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And now back to the show. The fact that people are always hesitant to approach celebrities, right? A Mm -hmm. lot of times they think, oh, I don't want to bother them. But if you're not stalking somebody and you're genuinely appreciative of them or excited to meet them, I don't think there's anybody, very few, who would reject uh, sincere compliment, a nice to meet you, mm-hmm. right? Because we're all people. And and I know that's one of Will's sensitive spots that he knew everybody really wanted to keep acting and, and doing what they, they do for an audience. And that's why he'd always try to include them, especially mm-hmm. the older folks who people thought weren't interested anymore. But I don't think any of us go to our graves not interested anymore, you know? Oh, right? Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. And if, I'll go even further. The Biffle and Schuster movies were uh, Michael Michael Schlesinger felt the exact same way. He he hired uh, veterans uh, to take care of it. That's why they look so good. Everybody was older. Everybody was not being hired by the mainstream anymore. Uh, and even some of the, even some of the actors. H.M. Winant was in his early 90s when he played the part in the Biffle murder case. So he was very, very aware of that. And we all were. We, we love the old timers, you know? There are yeah. no professionals like the old timers. So speaking of name dropping, she introduced you to Will. Rusty. Yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> she arranged a meeting at her place. And this is how Will greeted me. This is the very first thing he said to me. I said, hi, I'm Nick. And he said, hi, I'm Will. And I can't get you voiceover work. He said, I've heard him say that to other people as well, because the first thing actors say to him are, oh, uh, could I meet your agent or can I get it? Didn't enter my mind, to be honest with you. So uh, we we had a good laugh over that. And uh, we became like this. Oh, obviously. Yeah. It it was, you know, uh, Damon and Pythias. It uh, it was it was uh, we were a natural. We were a natural team. Who's Damon and Pythias? Uh, they were, they played Vegas in the uh, in the lounge with um, uh, Mitzi Gaynor and Debbie Reynolds. Oh, okay. But well, we'll, we'll have to we'll have to. Okay, well, whoever they are, <laughs> sounds good. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny because for years and years and years, I wanted Will to meet my friend Perry Shields. I love Perry. 
Oh, who, I mean, I'd always say, well, you got to meet this guy because Perry, who it turns out you all will find out is a mutual friend of ours and now eventually did meet Will. But for years, I'd say, Perry got it. Perry loved horror movies. He knew all the old stuff. He had all this mm-hmm. trivia in his head. And, and I knew Will liked that stuff, too. And I said, you got to meet. And it never ha- worked out until Will met you. Somehow you knew Perry and they finally mm-hmm. met. So maybe you can talk about how that happened. But that didn't happen until after Biffle and Schuster, right? Well, I knew I knew Perry before uh, Biffle and Schuster through uh, the Sons of the Desert, the uh, Laurel and Hardy organization. Ah, wow. So I would go to screenings and I eventually met him. And then, of course, we started talking about the Universal Monster movies and all that stuff. Uh, Perry's just one of the gang. He's one of that group. And uh, he played a part in Schmoboat in one of the. Uh, I know, and I saw him, and his wife did too, who's a friend of of mine. I think Cindy performed. Oh, I know Cindy very well. Yeah, yeah. but she's not, she's not in any of the movies. But I she's she uh, was. She's doing so well. She doesn't need us. <laughs> well, anyway, so that was crazy when I finally met you, and at the time, you actually lived near us, like in Redondo. We I was in Redondo Beach. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite place in the world. Yeah. It's pretty nice. Pretty nice mm. here. Um, so I, I was like, where did this guy come from? So Rusty introduced you. You guys hit it off and mm-hmm. just started talking about everything you have in common, I imagine, for hours yeah. on end. And not just that. We started harmonizing. He would play and we would sing. Do you both harmonize. play the ukulele? Uh-huh. He right. played it. He was a virtuoso. I play in the key of C. Uh, <laughs> whatever works so, yeah whatever works and, and it works for me it's okay and he's um, very he was a very giving person because obviously we sang a lot of songs together and i'm no singer so uh, he would just you, bear hit with note, me. you hit that note at the end of the uh opening theme song i and did you, you go up and down together you know at the end well you're I, there you're right there i lucked out yeah I think that's it's so funny because there's one note that Will felt he messed up and he kept saying, oh, we need to redo the theme song. And our crew of ones. No, it's fine. Just the way it is. And I like it the way it is. He thought it was too long. I said, no, people get used to it. They don't want you to get it out of my head. It's it's so catchy. You know, it's so catchy. It is. So I'm thankful. for. He would just show up and say, well, I wrote here. I have this song. And then we'd like. He'd play it once or twice. Mm-hmm. I'd try to sing along. I'm like, okay, good enough. <laughs> That's a wrap. Let's move on. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's, he's pretty meticulous. He really is. Um, he's also meticulous about things like copyright. I'm saying he's also. He was also. He was also meticulous about like copyrights and things like that. He didn't want to step on any toes. No, very, very considerate. I think that people like they don't realize this is a guy who knew just about everybody in Hollywood, Mm -hmm. ingratiated himself in every crowd, didn't drink alcohol, coffee, didn't smoke, did not Mm -hmm. swear. I won't say he never said a bad word about anybody, but I will say he did not swear. (laughs) Well, no, he had. I've seen him. He had opinions. Mm -hmm. He had opinions. But he was he he was very careful about his language. And somebody asked me, did that have to do with religion? I said, no, he I mean, and you see if you corroborate. 
that sounds like cardboard, doesn't it? Corroborate. But that's uh, something else. That's corrugate. Anyway, Will just felt like there were many more creative ways to express oneself. And he didn't want to mm-hmm. lower himself to that vulgar language of the streets. Yeah. Great. No, I always said I always said it was like he walked out of an Ozzy and Harriet episode, you know? Absolutely. Completely clean, you know, no alcohol, no, no, no smoking, no drugs ever. He was just, you know, and he was part of that music culture early on in Cleveland. You know, when you listen to his Willio and Filio stuff, you know, it's very almost psychedelic at times. And he did it without enhancement. <laughs> yeah. Well, he was blessed with a brain that went crazy on its own. Um, yeah. Yeah. I always say he's a walking anachronism. Yes, he was. He was more so more so than I was. I, I'm. I always say that I'm a nerd who doesn't look like one. <laughs> well, I I didn't know I was a nerd until. Oh, and I found this record. Will and I used to do a lot of stuff together before you took over. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> But we we drove we went to a few comic cons together, and I'm I'm about to re-listen to, and I'll probably release it. I had a computer before he did, and we were driving to San Diego, and I just turned on the recording. That's and this was like 2002, I think. Wow. wow. Yeah. So I want to listen and see what the heck we were talking about. But what is my point about this? Nerds. Hello. Nerds. 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 Not just candy. They're actually walking, talking people. <laughs> so we we went to Comic-Con and I the first one I went to, I was like, these people are really weird. Mm-hmm. And then the next year I was like, oh, hi, I remember you from before. By the third year, I thought, yeah, I guess I belong here. Um <laughs> We accept you. Boo, boo, I, I guess I don't have to get dressed up, but I think I, I do fit in. Okay, so how did Wonder Woman or, or anything? No, oh, I'm not a. As you could tell, prior to this, makeup is not my best friend. I'm not into it. Like you know, I, I wish because I certainly would look better if I if it was. But I think you look fine, Katie. For the record, thank you, thank you very much. Are we making a record? Yeah. Didn't you know? I didn't know. I didn't know. I've been in the groove since we started. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were groovy. Of, yeah, watching the Beatles uh, show. This no good. It's got a hole in it. Um, <laughs> yeah, the uh, uh, Get Back. That yeah. was, I don't know about you, but I, I was so grateful to be a fly on the wall, you know? That's all it is. That's all it is. Like, this is their writing their music. It was mm-hmm. so, because I, mean, I, I was saying to my husband, you know, we hear the song from the album. That's what's stuck in our head. But now we're actually getting to see them sing it and at it. the time. Yeah. It's so like okay. watching, it's like watching a miracle. That's what I said. When he sits down to write Get Back and it didn't sound anything like it at first. And then slowly it became the song we love. It's I like think a miracle. It's encouraging too, because people can see how much goes into persevering to create mm-hmm. a song and the collaboration with the other mm-hmm. people. And so speaking of collaboration, let's get back to how Biffle and yeah. Chester got formed. Mm, yeah. <laughs> how did that happen? Is that the first thing you guys did together? Well, this is interesting. Uh, Will came up with the names because he said that uh, Biffle was based on Phil Silver's character in a show called Top Banana. Okay. And his name was Jerry Biffle. 
So he took Biffle from there. And then he said, every team seems to have a Schuster in it. There was Wayne and Schuster from Canada, Simon and Schuster Publishing. And those are the only two he came up with. With U's, with U's, right? <laughs> right, both with U's. So he, he did the double O and he... He said to me, let's, let's, you know, become a team, like an old time comedy team called Biffle and Schuster. And I was like, why don't we use our own names? You know, if, if this should you don't live in the land of anonymity like Will does, which unfortunately we have to talk about because nobody will put the two together. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what I thought. And then uh, we started, we, we did a couple of um, assisted living places. We, we, we went, and this is funny. We assumed they were going to love like Eddie Cantor and Al Jolson songs and Bing Crosby and Frank Sinatra, Elvis, the Beatles, Bob Dylan. You know what I mean? It's like, I forget that that is their time. That was their music. My parents were Glenn Miller and Benny Goodman and all that stuff. Yeah. So we had a, a rude awakening there. We had to do the thing. I, you I did, did a Elvis there. as Biffle? Actually, I did. I, I used to do it in our live shows, but I didn't use any words it was all sounds and i was just just the noises and uh, it always got a big hand you know uh so we, we i developed that there but that was all we did we we kind of left it at that point and we we started other projects we we started writing a play uh called the uh, the harry rice project and it was about a, a an old-time radio comedian uh and it was going to, the first act was going to be their very first show. Everybody's fresh. Everybody's happy. Everybody's good. The second act is the very last show 20 years later. Oh, wow. And it's not so pleasant anymore. So we started writing that, but going back to the Beatles and, and I don't know if you noticed, Paul was trying to keep everything together. Yeah. Were, he's like, come on guys, we need, we need somebody to keep us organized. Yeah. And, and professional, you know, but Will you know, Will, he tells stories, he would tell stories. So we would start writing and then, you know, we'd, we'd write two words and then I have, I'd sit back and he'd tell, you know, a 20 minute story. And then I'd say, okay, let's get back. We'd write two words. I'd sit back and tell another story, but the play didn't get written because of that. You know what I mean? Will, I, Will is I, just, I Maybe you can finish it. Well, I love the idea. I love the idea. Um, but uh, again, it's a it's a play about radio. It's another it's another niche thing, you know, about like my Abbott and Costello book. You know, it's it's niche. Not everyone's going to yeah, want but it. Things come back. The thing is, if your characters are good and your plot yeah. is good, it really doesn't matter what it's about. Right. I mean, it, and it's educational because we would often talk about things and we'll had a huge vocabulary and would use it. And I'd say nobody. Well, good. Cause they need to look it up. They need to learn these things. We, we shouldn't dumb down anything for people. Oh, I'm, I'm dead set against that. Dead set against dumbing down. They're dumb enough as it is. <laughs> they don't need any more down. Um, so anyway, so we, we spent years actually just, just writing things and singing. And he would include me in some of his cactus cowboy uh, shows and, uh, yeah, I know people can see that on YouTube. There's some really neat stuff. Beautiful stuff. Beautiful stuff. Uh, his songs are so beautiful. But um, also, I was going to say that during that time, I was on the road for a while with the producers, with Mel Brooks's show. So uh, I worked for Mel for like five years. So I How was, was in that. How was yeah. that? Getting, oh, 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did he tell stories? Did he talk to you about Sid Caesar? Or? We had something very uh, big in common, the two of us. Uh, we both loved the Ritz brothers, especially Harry Ritz. And Harry was a friend of mine. I, I ingratiated myself with them. Uh, they came to, when I was like 19 years old, they came to Miami Beach and did their last appearance, their last live appearance. I went to all five shows and went backstage each each time. Well, I'm sure they were like so tickled that somebody your age was interested in them. Yeah, uh, that's great. The it's a little bit unclear, but I, uh, sorry about that. But it's the Ritz brothers, and that's Red Skelton and me. Oh my gosh! Wow. I love so uh, you've been so into this stuff forever since I'm five years old. More of the show is coming up right after this. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. And now back to the show. I, I, I was telling somebody the other day, actually, Luke Costello's daughter, Chris, that um, when I was five, I saw him for the first time and it just went ding. I knew exactly what I was going to be at that moment, which made school horrible for me because it's like, that has nothing to do with what I'm going to do with my life. You know, so it was torturous. But, um, but just for the young people listening out there, let me just mm-hmm. add that it doesn't hurt to go to school and broaden your knowledge of things. It doesn't mean that you it all comes into play. You never know when you're going to get a script or you're going to get a something and it'll have a reference and you'll know about it because you were educated. Right. True. Um, I have less faith in the educational system than you do, but yes, true. Um, like George Carlin says, they're training training kids to be good little consumers when they come out. This is, uh, but well, expand your horizon somehow. Yeah, well, I was a reader. I read everything, you know. So, uh, so what was I saying? Oh, it's so let's right. get back to the. So I was away for a, a, a good amount of time. And uh, when we opened in Las Vegas, we had a sort of a 90 minute version of the show. And we had uh, David Hasselhoff played Roger Debris at one point. And <laughs> during rehearsal, we knew what we were in for. There's a line, um, uh, Oedipus, won't, Oedipus won't bomb if, if he ends up with mom. That's the, the lyric. And he couldn't pronounce Oedipus. He, he lit Oedipus, Oedipus, and we're just like, <laughs> well, see, it helps to know stuff. If he went to school and listened, that's right. Um, so anyway, then we did that. I did that, and everybody Will else knows up. Oedipus from the producers. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, from a Woody Allen play for me, it's uh, Oedipus Rex, W R E C K S. So Rusty and Will came to the opening night in Las Vegas and got to go to the party and meet all the celebrities. And, you know, it was a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Always supportive, always supportive. Um, Yeah, he would drive to Las Vegas just for a day to go do something. I remember because he was uh, good friends with Valentine Vox, the ventriloquist, mm -hmm. who I think there's a 
ventriloquist museum in Las Vegas. Is that right? Yes. Yes. And he was, and he was the head of the, uh, the organization. Um, I, I don't want to say a union, but it was an organization of, of ventriloquists, which must have been funny at the meetings, you know, because you never know who's talking. <laughs> <laughs> Ventriloquism for dummies. Um, (laughs) To enjoy the full episode, please support us at patreon.com slash tell you later. Thanks a lot. Three years later, and he wrote four Biffle and Schuster shorts, and we were going to film in five weeks. Now, did you ever record any in shorts? Tell you later. You see what she just did? I just flipped that in there. Tell You Later is a Patreon-driven entertainment show. So what are you waiting for? Come on over. Join us at patreon.com front slash tell you later. Time again, everybody, for the end of the month scrubulator drawing. I have a new pattern here. Isn't that cool? I love this one. I like to change it up. This is a Tell You Later official scrubulator handmade by me, Katie Lee. I don't know if you can see my little taggy. I don't know. Crew of One says yes, you can see it. You can scrub yourself or you can scrub your dishes or you can wash your Barbie doll. Or your car, whatever you want. Okay, whatever you want to scrub. Let's see. I got all the names in here. Who will it be? It is Kim Gyorkas, an Odissimo level patron, wins a scrubulator. Thank Yay. you, Kim, for supporting. Yay, that's a cool one. Cheering in the background with me. Thank you so much for your support. I hope you love your scrub. You can even sleep with it if you want to. Anyway, thank you very much, and we'll see you next month.